Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. I'm David Reed. that's Marek Larwood. Yes. Uh, and we're back again in uh, another instalment of our summer shorter than normal podcasts. Um, how have you been, Mariki? Well, I. Well, this is a we're pre-recording these, so I don't know how I will be when this goes out. Have a guess. So, sort of well, second week up to, in August. Still alive. Yeah. At the moment, we're in. It's in heatwave in London. Yeah. I'm assuming by now it's starting to rain. Yes. I work, I'll be in Glasgow now um, while this is happening, doing this series I'm doing called Impractical Jokers, which is based on an American version, and I'll be basically interacting with members of the public from Glasgow playing... Do you usually film it in Glasgow? We film like two days there, but they're okay. filming a whole block in there. If I was going to pick a city that you might get stabbed yeah. doing pranks on people, it would be Glasgow. The worst city in the whole of Britain... <laughs> Yeah. For those of you who don't know, and I apologise for people from our Scottish listeners and Glaswegian listeners, it hasn't got the best reputation for the... Um... No, Glasgow, to be honest, I've done the the best comedy gigs I've ever done have been in Glasgow because of the attitude of the people. They're just very kind of front-facing. But it also, their natural demeanour can often be misconstrued by others as confrontational. And often is confrontational, in fact. Um, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. worst place to film. <laughs> a, a <prank> <laughs> Well, um, uh, this is the Marek Larwood Memorial episode, if things don't go so well. Yeah, well, there'll be another episode. There'll be a couple more episodes, but I'll have been gone by now. Yeah, that's It'll be true. over. That'd be weird. What are you going to be doing right now? Right now, I'm going to be in York writing uh, one of two plays that I've got to write by the end of the month. Do you want to swap? <laughs> I, do I want to prank violent Glaswegians <laughs> instead of stay, stay back at home and walk my dog? No, no, I don't. Oh. <laughs> anyway, this episode. Episode. Uh, we've watched another film, um, an old classic this time, um, one that I've wanted to watch for a very long time. Um, it is Rollerball. The 1975 version, not which I haven't seen the 2003 version. No, but I have no interest from reading the reviews. Apparently it does what all of these remakes of very clever 70s sci-fi films uh, by taking out any of the allegory or edge or darkness. Which is most of what Rollerball is about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this was filmed in 1975, starring James Kahn, um, directed and produced by Norman Jewison, is it, I think? Uh, basically, it's about a dystopia, uh, as most 70s films <laughs> were. 
Yeah, the sort of mega corporations. Very Verhoeven-y, isn't it? Yes, but it is. But yeah. it's pre-Verhoeven's sci-fi stuff, I believe. Um, but yeah, very sort of mega corporations, men in suits, running everything, and then just keeping the general uh, general populace at bay with uh, this sport of rollerball, um, which is a hyper-violent version of um, roller derby, basically. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to pick now, you'd think that just roller skating around... Men in roller skates uh, going around in a circle doesn't really sound. Like it doesn't a sound that sport. that manly, does it? I mean, whip it wasn't that. Um... No, yeah, it is. Um, I think something about this film, the way it's shot, because I don't know about you. We both play a game we're, when we were younger on our computers called Speedball on the old Ataris. I played it on the Amiga five hundred. Oh, Speedball two. People yeah. too, an amazing game. Incredible, but clearly it was made by a company called the Bitmap Brothers, who yeah. were big in the late eighties. Um, they've clearly just watched Rollerball, haven't they? Now yeah. <laughs> they've just taken it and gone. Well, instead of going round and round, what if it's just like uh, football? Yeah, it's amazing. It's the, the whole the sport itself of Rollerball is just really cool. Yeah, the cost the seventies costumes, numbers on their back. Men sort of with spiked hands. Spiked hands. Going around on scooters is strangely cool as well. It's sort of violent. It's like an odd game which they've made up, which sort of does work. Yeah, yeah. There's something about, I think the opening, this is filmed so beautifully as well, I think it won a couple of awards for the um, cinematography. It's quite an influential film, I'm led to believe. Also, um, I was reading this morning that um, the game was so well-conceived yeah, that the the, uh, the crew and the stuntmen and some of the cast used to play it in between takes. They must but have got they... really good on their skates to go. Yeah, around. yeah. I mean, I when I first watched it, I really wanted to go and play and go out on some skates. And well, apparently the director was disgusted that some people wanted to create a rollerball league after watching the film because he thought it was supposed to be anti-violence. This film, <laughs> but it w- would be a great sport to watch. It would be. I mean, all you need to do the concept is basically what the, the point is trying to prove has actually happened. Of you know. T- corporations taking over TV. Yes. Just replace the chairman with Simon Cowell, or and replace Rollerball with you know X Factor, and then you've got a similar yeah. <laughs> situation. Really control the populace. But there's, there's, it's more about uh, there's only a small bit of it, it's actually playing the sport, but it's just shot really. The opening shot they just show uh, the truck and getting ready. They yeah. just show the stadium and they show it's done really really slowly. And the shots are really beautiful. Cinematography is really great. It's very odd moments. There's very strange sort of bits where um, where w- James Kahn, who's the star of the film, who's this uh, the best player. I always forget and, how good he is. He's, oh, he's so amazing. watchable, isn't he? You don't really have that brute now. No, so I think after the, was this, I think it's post Godfather, isn't it? After Godfather, Ooh. I think it is. Yeah. Yes. No. Where he was at like, this hard man sort of, uh, but great. A great with a sort of rough, rough diamond, really. Yeah. He's a star, but he's begin, but he's getting too big for a sport, which is supposed to the whole idea, the concept of the sport is that there are no stars, and that society and the corporation prevail. So, but the stars get killed off, but he becomes too big for it. Starts asking questions, um, and also there's a parallel world, which is quite stylized, mm. very seventies. Well, the, the the director actually. Um, uh, admitted to the influence of a clockwork orange on this that it's all it's all rather concrete and glass version of a dystopia and there's lots of um 
crash zooms on the violence, which is quite unsettling. And uh, the use of um, classical music as well over a sci-fi was sort of 2001 had already done it, but it still wasn't It works brilliantly, and it makes it timeless. It makes it seem, even though it is very 70s, it does have this sort of immortality, this film. I Mm. think it looks quite classy even now. Oh yeah, definitely. I think think there's something about the film stock of 70s films, though, that do. They seem Mm. to have dated better. There's something about that stock that's quite artistic. I don't know. It's grainy. Yeah, but yeah even, even though they intercut things, and they go to these parties, the football stars go to these parties where there are executives who are there as well, all these beautiful ladies. I think it's a little bit sexist this film, in fact, that where it's very sexist. All it's the seventies, <laughs> female, uh, so basically beautiful model models who could be swapped between yeah the husbands and so and so, and they go to parties and they take pretty much what is ecstasy now, yeah, a pre ecstasy sort of drug, and everyone's sitting around watching the sport. There's some very odd sequences that sort of work where uh, James Carnes confronting the executive who's trying to get him to, to retire so he doesn't have to play anymore. And it's cut between party goers shooting this bizarre gun at trees and setting fire Yeah, fires yeah. Which, like, just complete hedonism, just excess of just, like, they are pointless, pointless people, but they are... Yeah, you know, just, just there's destruction of yeah. something quite beautiful uh, just purely for... Yeah, I don't know what it's trying to say, what it's a, an allegory for, I don't know. Well, I think it's saying that uh, TV influences our mentality and outlook on life. Well, the, the, there was de- I mean, I'm, I'm being a bit wanky there on purpose, but there's, there's, uh, there is a thread to it of, by showing the general public this allegory of uh, being an individual doesn't get you anywhere, that in Rollerball it's all about the team because the individual will just get destroyed. Mm. It's, stopping any, uh, it's stopping anybody think of raising their neck above the parapet and saying, you know, and revolting, basically. It's keeping down revolution. And the reason they want James Kahn to retire is he is breaking the mould. He is good enough to stand alone and be a hero. And they don't like it. Um, It's gone the other way now. Everyone thinks they're an individual. Yeah. We need more. We need to get back to North Korea. (laughs) Where, of course, was our ancestral home. Yes. And where the that's where I will film Bumming Man. Will you? Yeah. That is a bold move. I don't know if Kim Jong Un is as into films as his dad was. Yeah, I think you'll like it. If, once I explain the plot to him and do a few, you know, just do it, I'll storyboard it. Would you be happy with Kim Jong Un playing Bumming Man? I don't know who would play Bumming Man. Anyway, we're getting away from the point of the. Uh... <laughs> Sorry, I don't want to influence Bumming Man casting at this early stage. Um, um, there's a couple of really funny things that almost like mistakes. So they're playing this sport, this really violent sport, and, yeah. uh, and cities represented by teams. I love all the colours, and I love that 70s font. It's great, the numbers. Oh, yeah, the, yeah. But uh, <laughs> the Tokyo team, for some reason, they're going to play this really violent sport, and there are quite a few of them are just wearing glasses. Yeah. <laughs> really odd. Spectacular. <laughs> You don't wear glasses when you're playing any contact sport. No. It ruins it. It just makes me laugh out loud when I saw them. But just... it's because they use Kung Fu, don't they? Those guys. Yeah, but you just take your glasses. Surely they'd have some contact lenses or some different types of goggles. Or goggles, yeah. Like in uh, basketball, they wear goggles. Did the director forget to say to them, oh, God, shit. <laughs> We've got a... <laughs> Did you tell Chamok about his glasses? He's still wearing... <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I... It was. I thought this film was actually better than when I watched it the first time. I enjoyed it. It's brilliant, lot. isn't mm. it? I'm 
I really, really enjoyed it. And at the end, there's a, some brilliant use of sound where, where a non-use of sound, where it's a period where it's just silent for most of the last two minutes. Yeah, that's incredibly powerful. I won't do it because it would be spoilers, but mm. the silence is just, and just the sound of the skates is oh, great. I thought really, really great. Making a sports movie mean something as well. I think that's yeah brilliant. It's not only about the triumph of the team or the individual in this sporting context there's a greater subtext to this there mm. is a, a battle worth fighting as well yeah i think i think it's brilliant and it doesn't go too sci-fi either it just sets its stall and then it's utterly understandable there's no other you know you great for, leap yeah, of logic or i anything. think it's, yeah so you look forward to the action bits they're really great for the sport yeah and, and they look, are great. Like yeah. the matches themselves, you understand the rules and you really get into it. Like, and something about the stadium, that, that cycle, velodrome yeah. used as some sort of is not been used before. It's something great about it. And they do, and some of the storytelling is really good uh, when they show the, the, in the finals and they've got all the crowd chanting and just to show the obsession of the sport uh, of the of everyone with the sport. They just show shots of empty cities and the crowds are chanting and you just see these shots of empty yeah. huge, you know, like. And, Based in Rome, place in Madrid, in, yeah, yeah, and that's really powerful. It's a what clever way of showing that everyone's obsessed with it by having the chanting in the stadium played over it. Some really clever moments. Yeah, I don't really know what else Norman Jewison has done. Oh, I looked him up before. Um, it was sort of unexpected things, really. Hang on, Norman, what have you made, Norman? What films have you done? <laughs> What I was doing there was covering... I, I liked it. He did The Hurricane and Fiddler on the Roof. Oh, OK, yeah. He did musicals. Um, He's a Christ superstar. Yeah. Oh, did he do it? Moonstruck was him. Um, and he did... Oh, one of my favourites. What? In the Heat of the Night. Oh, I've not seen In the Heat of the oh, Night. Oh. So good. Great. The original Thomas Crown Affair is him as well. Well, well done, Norman. Norman, you... Good. And uh, someone on the Facebook page uh, made a comment about this, actually. What so, did they say? So there. <laughs> what did they want? I asked people to comment on it, and uh, let me just find it. So, Simon. Simon uh, Skoltok said, um, uh, he saw it, I think I was 16 at the time. I, he said, talking about Rollerball. I'm, I'm editing this from the, the whole part. Um, the only film I've seen in the list is Rollerball and then I think I was 16 at the time and I'm 44 now so I watch it again and get back to you my memory says it's bloody amazing let's see if it stands the test of time and Ben Thomas Hyten says Rollerball awesome sauce <laughs> not wrong it is some awesome sauce right there how many Davies do you reckon you'll give it I'm going to give it 9 I give it nine Larics as well. Yeah. Check it out. Good film, Rollerball. Um, Death Race 2000, similar genre. Not as good. I love Death Race 2000. It isn't as good, you're right. It's far sillier. Because instead of instead of uh, American football, they take their influence as wacky races. Yeah, it's essentially wacky, violent wacky races. Yeah. Uh, but again, it's got p- political subtext and yeah. stuff. Um, yeah. That is odd, it's odd in places. Really odd, and the, some of the characters are just bizarre choices. Yeah, yeah, that's more of a wacky sort of seventy uh, drug influenced. <laughs> <laughs> so what do I do though? If if I want to tell 
I asked Film Fandango about, mm. uh, you know, I want to write an interview. Yeah. I mean, because you can do a one-minute review, and we're going to be playing some of those. Thanks to people you have. But I want to send one in. Where do I send it? You can send your one-minute reviews, record them on your own computer, then email them to dearfilmfandango at gmail.com. Or if you'd like to comment on anything, any of the films we've discussed, or any film you've watched that particularly blew your mind, then why not write on our Facebook wall, uh, forward slash Film Fandango, or tweet us at Film Fandango. And if you'd like to contribute to helping us with the running of this podcast, because we do it all for free, then you can donate by going to filmfandango.co.uk. And thank you to all those people who have donated so far. Thank you very much. We will be back next week. Enjoy the summer. Bye. Bye. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.